Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Eden Graziano about her Escape Collection wedding at Walt Disney World. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she planned everything and, of course, how it all turned out. So welcome, Eden. Hi, Carrie. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I always like to start at the very beginning and find out how you guys decided you wanted to have your wedding at Walt Disney World. I'm not going to lie and pretend it's something that I dreamed about since I was a little girl. Because <laughs> I love Disney personally, but I wasn't big on weddings. <laughs> so I've known for years that Disney did them. And when we got engaged, it was kind of the problem where we're in Canada And my family lives on one side of the country and his family lives on the other side of the country. So for over a year, we fought back and forth about, you know, picking sides and and where do you do it to accommodate everybody and what's going to do the best, I guess, for everybody's situation. And, you know, it came down to what was fair, too, is if one person had to travel, then we may as well make all of them travel. And we were trying to figure out how to do that when, I guess, a destination wedding wasn't anything we'd have really ever thought of. So last year, my mom asked me if I wanted to go on a trip to Disney. And when I said yes, I don't even think it was two days later, they announced that they were doing the the wedding open house showcase there. Right. And we were going for five days and it was falling the exact weekend we were going. So my husband it was like, you should go. You should go check it out. You love Disney. You should see what it's about. We could get married in Disney. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what we're going to do. So sarcastic. And so I told my mom, I told my sister, and we, we went and we looked at it. And I saw the pavilion, and it was beautiful. And I came back, and it still seemed so far-fetched to me because, to me, Disney something you dream about. And... It didn't seem realistic. So I felt like people would be left out or, you know, are are you putting people in an awkward situation? And I got to the point where I kept telling my husband, we're never going to get married because we can't make everybody happy. Before one morning I woke up and he's like, it's not about making everybody happy. It's about making you happy and Disney makes you happy and that's (laughs) what we're doing. And he took charge and said, we're getting married at Disney. (laughs) That's awesome. I, I was shocked. I was, I don't even, didn't even know how to react because when I first met him, he told me Disney was for children. And next thing you know, he's the one telling me to get married at Disney. And it was just unbelievable. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, did you guys look at wishes or did you always know you wanted to have a smaller escape wedding? For me, I always wanted something small. I, I'm not the big center of attention, all eyes on me. And, you know, I guess when you're so vulnerable on your wedding day, 
I guess, you know, you're, you're speaking about the person you love the most. I thought that was more about family and, and, you know, who's closest to you than having every single person watch you like that. And I also, you know, when it came down to it, I didn't want to make everybody in that situation where you're traveling and we're in Canada again. So, I mean, it's for some people, I, I don't know how it works there, but that's a can be a lot to ask for because when I grew up in Ontario yeah Disney World was the easier answer but on this side of the country everybody's Disneyland so I didn't want to put everybody into that expectation of having to do something big like that so to me escape was perfect it, it fit just who was the closest to us and it wasn't to leave anybody out because you know of course, we have friends, we have everything like that that mean the world to us too. But that day and that time, I just wanted it intimate. And we're, we're going to do the reception afterwards with everybody else, but not the day of. I, I just wanted to be able to enjoy it with those people that were right there closest to us. Got it. Okay, great. So then how did those people react when they found out where your wedding was going to be? It's kind of funny how it turned out. It was My family was okay with it and and excited about it because my sister will take any excuse to get to Disney. Her and I have been three times prior to this. And his family was a little more standoffish where he wasn't really raised with Disney. And they were like, oh, okay, it's like a kid's trip. And, you know, oh, we don't have passports and we've never traveled. And it was kind of putting them out a little bit more. But in the long run afterwards, they got down there and now they're they're asking us when they can go back and, you know, how they wish they'd seen more because there's just so much to see and so much to do. So it's funny how that turns around after the fact. But a lot of my friends, they didn't seem shocked at all. They're like, you, Disney, of course. <laughs> and, you know, I wanted to put it out there like, I'm not trying to let you leave you out or anything like that. And most of them, it was... No, you do you. We'll celebrate afterwards. It's your day. Do it your way. And we're just so excited for you because not everybody gets to do something like that. That's great that they had such a positive reaction. And I think sometimes guests are actually, or potential guests, are actually relieved when they find out they don't have to go all the way across the continent for a destination wedding. Well, I mean, you didn't have to make an excuse not to come. Exactly. (laughs) So how many guests ended up making the trip? We did have the 18 and then the two of us, so we filled it. That's great. Did you guys happen to set up a room block with your escape event? We set up just a basic room block. So we had picked Pop Century because for us, I mean, there's beautiful hotels, but it's not about spending a lot of time in the hotel. If I was on vacation, I'm in the parks. It's just where I'm sleeping. But we just wanted something simple and convenient for everybody. So we set up a room block, and it's only a minimum of 10 nights you have to get. So it wasn't that hard when my husband and I stayed for seven days to begin with. So we just had to get one other person, basically, to agree that they were going to stay on site. And in setting up that room block, we were also able to get a free night at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, which I have dreamed about forever. So it was like I got this perfect honeymoon night that we used actually after all our guests had left. We used it as our last night there so that we could have it as that kind of special honeymoon night. 
where we could just sit on the safari and watch the giraffes in our windows, everything like that. And it was just a little little extra gift for us that also got our guests that stayed there that a little discount to save them for something else that they wanted to do while they were there. That's great. So you did end up telling your guests about the block? We told a bunch of, we did tell all our guests about it. Um, not necessarily everybody decided to use it because I believe my parents stayed in Disney Springs, but the option was there. We had mentioned it. We kind of didn't want to set it up to like a crazy number and expect everybody to set on it because you do have to, if you guarantee a certain number, you have to hit that. Right. So we only guaranteed to hit the minimum. And I know when we decided to add a couple nights here or there, we could just get in touch with our room coordinator and say, you know, we need Saturday and Sunday added or, you know, an extra night on Tuesday because these people decided to stay an extra night. So as long as they can accommodate that or there's rooms available for that, you can stretch it afterwards. So we just kind of started with the basic and worked up from there. And I think we only used 12 nights, but it still hits the minimum for what's necessary to have one. And it gives you that little bit of a discount. And then if anybody wants to use it, it also provides, I believe it's $20 off of a park hopper if guests want to use it for their tickets. Right, yes. My in-laws were able to use that for their tickets because they were only going to be going in the park a couple days so they could hit multiple parks instead of having to choose one or two. That's great. Okay. Now you talked about seeing the wedding pavilion in person. Is that how you decided to use it for your ceremony venue? Partially. I think out of the escape options, to me, it was the most Disney. Like I didn't, yes, all the weddings in front of the castles or in the parks are gorgeous, but everybody gets to be in there every single day. And I wanted something that that had that Disney touch, but wasn't necessarily something that everybody gets to enjoy or see. And a gazebo, you know, it's beautiful and not down on anybody else, but I just, I wanted something where you could still see that Disney aspect. And, you know, Epcot, I'm from Canada, so if I'm not going to leave Canada to get married in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) So... I mean, I still had the castle right there in the window without having to be right in front of it and the hidden Mickeys and it's just as magical and and I don't think as many people really get to enjoy it because not everybody knows Disney has their own wedding pavilion. And a lot of people said that when I said, oh no, I'm getting married at Disney's wedding pavilion. What do you mean they have their own wedding pavilion? So it's unique to Disney. Interesting. Yeah, that's a great point. So did you guys consider adding a private catered event through your escape collection planner, or did you always know you wanted a reservation at a restaurant? Well, we looked at Park Fair because we had had the idea, like you could book Mickey and Minnie, you could do all these things, like through fairy tale weddings, but Park Fair to me seemed like we found we could get a booking for 20 people last minute, which was crazy, and we got you know five characters included in it that the kids could enjoy, the adults could enjoy. We had a buffet that gave us all these options instead of trying to to pick a seated meal for a bunch of people or somewhere that would fit everybody properly. And to me, it kind of just seemed like you could get a full experience for everybody without having to kind of try and nitpick and what might make everybody enjoy it. There was a little for everybody there. Got it. 
Now, tell me about how the planning process was since you were all the way away in Canada. And did you make any trips down to scout anything out or was it all strictly over email and phone? It was all email and phone. By the time we decided we were doing this, we actually only gave ourselves five months. So I had been last year with my mom and my sister and I had seen it in person, but nothing as far as any of the planning. So we got in touch with Disney to look for a date and we'd kind of given them the range of where we wanted it to be. And I think it was Christy we talked to at the time gave us what days were available in that range. And we just picked one that we liked the sound of, worked for us, seemed like it flowed, I guess, out of what they had available and what would potentially have a park shoot around it. Because if we were coming down, it's not something, you know, we could have a month between it. And then everything became emails, phone calls, back and forth, which I guess is another bonus to the escape wedding is it's kind of like a pre-built checklist. So there's not as many details that you've kind of got to overanalyze and, and worry about missing something or, you know, seeing centerpieces in person or anything like that, that would be a lot more difficult to do at a distance is, you know, they've got an arrangement of flowers, they've got an arrangement of cakes that it's so easy to just kind of step by step go through with them. And any issues, it was, you know, within 24 hours, you're getting, if even, they were getting back to you. And there wasn't a lot of room to really panic with how efficiently Disney runs that. That's great. Yeah, that's a good point that it can actually be easier because you don't have so many decisions. And that that was a bonus to me because Again, it's like I, I wanted those the simple features of, of what was going to make a, a wedding a wedding without having to plan all of the big stuff on top of it. And trust Disney, they they won't let you down anywhere. <laughs> so which options from the escape package did you choose? For my flowers, I had the garden clutch, but I did swap the colors out on it because when I was talking to my planner, it was it could be anything that was like a naturally occurring color. So I took it and I just did it in whites and purples because it matched our colors. We did upgrade our cake. We didn't really stick to what was in the package. We did a silver Mickey swirl with all his little heads and his handprints. And we changed the filling. We had marble cake with the gray stuff because I was not passing up the opportunity to tell people to try the gray stuff. (laughs) and I think really those were the only things we changed we kept the limo the same we kept the violinist picked our efficient off of their list how much extra did they charge you to customize your cake I believe it was about $75 oh that's not bad and so you know it, it was kind of more unique to our taste but still kept like it was still the two tier but we, we got to have something that was just that little flair we put into it, aside from the standard. Got it. Okay. Can you give my listeners a basic timeline for the day? Well, we stayed at Pop Century. And so I had Stacy from Hair and Makeup showed up at my room at 8 o'clock. And it was just my maid of honor and I that had stayed in there. And... My groom, of course, his priority was to go have breakfast at that time. And then uh, we were getting ready, I believe it was around quarter to 11. The limo came for him, his dad, 
my dad went with him because I did a first look with my dad. So he was not allowed to see me before. And then it came back around at quarter after 11 for my maid of honor, myself, and then my mom and my sisters had showed up by that time with my niece and nephew. And the, I believe it was just the eight of us because that's the limit in the limo. We went at that second round. And then when we got there, I had my first look with my dad. Well, the flower girls got dressed because my sister had both their outfits. And then our ceremony was at 12 and you don't have a rehearsal, but your planner runs through everything beforehand with you. So it's not like it didn't really feel like you didn't know what was going on. So the groom walked down, the flower girl walked down, flower girls, my maid of honor walked in and then they actually had the chime 12 times before the doors opened and my dad and I went in. And then after that, we had all of our family pictures. We had some pictures outside by ourselves with the monorail and picture point and, and that kind of stuff. Well, our guests went over to the cake cutting, which we had at the White Hall. And then I think we got there a little later than we probably should have, but Jacob was actually chasing the monorail. Hmm. So it was about 1.30 by the time we got over actually to our cake cutting. And we did our cake. We had a first dance. I had a dance with my dad. And then it was actually about 2.30 by the time we got out of there. So we were a little behind. And then our limo took us back to our hotel room where I changed into a second outfit. And my parents picked us up and took us back. And we had a dinner reservation at Park Fair at 4 o'clock. And then after our reservation... We had a little bit of time that we kind of had to kill, um, so we were down at the beach that's at Grand Floridian there, and which wasn't a big deal because we're in Canada, so you get to en- enjoy Florida and the weather, which luckily held out that day because it had rained for like three days before, and I was in panic mode. Wow. And then at 8 o'clock, we had two pontoon boats rented for Happily Ever After, so we left from the Grand Floridian Marina. They did a little bit of a tour around the lake and of some of the resorts, we saw the electrical pageant go across the water. And then they parked us in front of where the Magic Kingdom is. And at about 9.15, the fireworks start like they did every single night. We got to watch them, our own little private showing, or it felt private. And then we went back to the docks. And we kind of just mingled for a little bit with who was still there. And went back to our room because we had our park shoot the very next morning. Oh, wow. That's early. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen some people asking about whether the Happily Ever After fireworks show is as good from a pontoon boat as Wishes was because I guess it has more projections on the castle that, of course, you can't see when you're way out on the lake. Did you guys feel like it was worthwhile to have a cruise to watch it? I still love the cruise. Like It's a totally different aspect because we did watch Happily Ever After like right in the park, right in front of the castle where, yeah, the projections are beautiful. But to me, with the projections and the fireworks, you can really only pay attention to one at the same time or one at a time. Right. So when we were in the park, we could really enjoy the projections and what was going on with everything. But if that's what you're focused on, it's not really the fireworks you're seeing. It's just kind of the banging in the background, I guess, depending on really where you're, you are in the park out on the boats, you could still see the top of the castle, so you could tell it was colorful. You might not have really gotten the detail of what was going on on it, 
but you get the full effect of the fireworks going off and especially on your wedding like what's a better ending than happily ever after <laughs> and they pipe the music right into the boats so it, it still feels the same as if you're right up there watching it oh that's great now, when you were planning, what were the most important aspects to you where you focused your time or you focused your budget? Going into it, I I was worried about photography because I was like, oh, you get such a short period of time. You get such a short period of time. But I, I wasn't sure where to add an hour or where to do anything like that that would really fit into it. So we did do the park shoot the next morning. I, I kind of focused on little details. Like I, I got my Mickey Mouse necklace and I had the kissing balls look like Mickey Mouse. And I s focused on trying to bring Disney into it without really making it like over the top and in your face. So I was just kind of trying to think of little places where I could stick it into the whole day. Like our ceremony I loved because we had actual Disney references in it. And again, without it being over the top and that's the focus of it and, and anything like that. And we had our, our music coming in was all Disney songs, but because it's on the organ, it's, it's still subtle. You know what it's coming from and you could pick your favorite movies, but it wasn't, you know, singing Never Had a Friend Like Me that everybody's listening to or something like that. And which aspects were less important to you where you saved your money or you saved your effort? We didn't really do anything extra as far as decorations. Because to me, I feel like, I guess since it's been redone, not that I ever saw it in person beforehand, but I've seen pictures. But the wedding pavilion is so beautiful on its own that I felt like adding flowers or anything like that was just going to be something that was going to be sitting around afterwards and not really appreciated in the grand scheme of it when the focus for me was that I had the castle behind me or the details of that itself. And I didn't really want to add any of that either into the cake ceremony because you're really only in there for an hour. So I just kind of left it natural to what everything was. And even Whitehall Room itself is, is beautiful. So I didn't really think it needed anything extra there that was just going to be left alone afterwards. Got it. What ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? <laughs> if you ask my husband, he'll say food. Because <laughs> he ate the wedding cake for like a week straight afterwards. For me personally, aside from the general, of course, I got married and, and I got to share my favorite place with my favorite person. But was our officiant actually had a magic wand and we didn't tell any of our guests about it beforehand. So... When I knew the part was coming up in our vows, I was looking at him and, and I almost started laughing because I was so excited about it. So you can, in the photos, you can see the anticipation in my face as it's coming and him kind of laughing at me waiting for it. So with that whole thing, I felt like on you're getting married in Disney and we had our own fairy godmother and nobody saw it coming. And it was just that extra touch that made it so Disney. That's fantastic. Did you have Rini Silverman? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I told her the whole time she was my fairy godmother and that that, that was it. Oh, how did you choose her from the list? I'm always curious because with Escape, you just kind of see a bunch of names on a list. I actually, because of the fact I couldn't go down there and meet anybody or really personally get to know anybody, I started watching old 
live streams and videos that people had posted of their weddings before where you could kind of get an idea of how they were going to talk. And I think the first time I saw her make a Disney reference, I was like, I want her. Hmm. She just seemed so natural and like she enjoyed what she was doing. So I messaged her and I set up a FaceTime with her and you could just tell how passionate she was about what she did and how much she enjoyed it. And it just felt so suited to us. And again, that we, we could have Disney references in there. And the second I saw her magic wand, I was like, yes, that is part of this. <laughs> so I made sure if I couldn't meet her in person or whoever it was going to be, at least I could kind of try to get some kind of look at that, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think videos are super helpful for that. I had to indirectly meet her. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Now, looking at your entire day, did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? I don't know that I really went in trying to expect anything. I was kind of just trying to leave it up to my planner and, you know, that magic would get me through everything. But there's little things that you don't really look at at the moment and you think back afterwards. Like, you know, we we brought our own Bluetooth speaker because our first song, we wanted it to have the words in it. And at the the morning when I got there, I forgot to give it to my planner. So my groom had to dig it out of my backpack when we actually got to our cake cutting. But the violinist still like instantly when it started playing, he started playing along with it, which I wasn't even expecting to just listen to it and, and blend into it. It's just the little things that when you're so excited and the anticipation's building up that you kind of miss out or don't think of in advance. And none of it was anything that by far would have ruined the day. It just, looking back, I'm like, oh, maybe I should have, you know, thought of that beforehand. (laughs) Or, oh, geez, why didn't I I tell somebody that? Because I was, you know, getting my hair done and I was doing this. And it was like, well, it's a speaker. Who thinks about that? So, I mean, not that alone. Or, you know, when we had dinner, we had... Our dinner was planned for four o'clock and our fireworks weren't till eight. So I had talked to some of the brides before. I was like, what am I supposed to do for that big chunk of time? Like, are people going to eat that long? And everybody guaranteed me that, oh, no, you can be in a buffet and characters and all this stuff. It'll, you'll be there forever. <laughs> and I, I think it was about two hours into dinner when my guests were like, oh, I, I feel like we're taking up the space of other people. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, talk to Cinderella. Talk to you know, Prince Charming. And they're like, oh, no, no, you know, somebody else is going to want these seats. And they like got up and left. And I'm like, oh, okay, so now I've got two hours until there's fireworks. But I guess there's enough around the Grand Floridian that regardless of that, you know, we walked by the beach. Uh, I think my niece went and played in the splash zone. Hmm. I hear they've got a piano in, in the hall or the main entrance, which I didn't go see myself. But there's enough other stuff people can keep occupied that I guess it didn't really feel like it was as big of a chunk of time between the bigger waiting was kind of by the time you get there and they're putting banners on things and and making sure your boats are ready that then it's like oh well we don't have anything around us now and now it's just kind of waiting for a bit interesting okay was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal or you were worried about and then it turned out not to be I was a little concerned about the fact that our families had actually never met and we're meeting the day of the wedding. I, I really wish there would have been a chance to do like a welcome or for them to meet beforehand. But when everybody had come down kind of for their own vacation, it was hard to track down where everybody was. 
So it was actually the day of the wedding that our parents met for the first time. And, you know, they, they mingled during dinner. They talked, you know, pre and post ceremony. So I guess it was me thinking of making a bigger thing out of it than it was really <laughs> turned out to be. But it all went smoothly and everybody talked and nobody, there was, there was no drama or anything like that. So no, Nobody smashed a bottle or got out a switchblade. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could be a bad idea. <laughs> Another thing that was kind of a big deal, and I don't know if it really didn't turn out to be, but trying to find a dress in less than five months, because we booked our wedding at the end of December, we were getting married at May. So trying to find that when you couldn't really have time to order something brand new that was like your dream dress. So everywhere I went, it was like, I knew there were certain aspects I wanted, but I never had any idea what I would look good in. So the top was great and the bottom wasn't making me happy or the bottom was great and the top didn't match. So it was actually like the end of February before I even found a dress. I had to buy it off the rack and completely found a seamstress that could customize it to all the details I wanted that I couldn't find in a dress. So I cut the back off of it. She had to shorten it. She had to take it from about a 12 down to a 6 added a sequined skirt underneath it and was able to give me more than I could have imagined in a dress. And I was so panicked about would I be able to find something that would make me as happy as everything I ever wanted. And I can't imagine wearing anything else that I did. Wow, that's a great story. How did you find your seamstress? I actually was recommended to her by the lady at the salon where I found the dress. And I was lucky. I had found the dress for 70% off on the rack. So even everything I had to do to rush all these details to it, I still spent less than the dress would have originally been. And she was amazing. I I think I probably asked her for a million things that she didn't even knew, know if she could do. And she did magical work in my eyes. Wow, that's a great story. Now, is there anything you know now about planning or about the wedding that you wish you'd known when you were planning? A lot of the things that I was kind of concerned about beforehand, I usually turned to the bride page to kind of get other people's intake on what what they've experienced before. For me, I I kind of, I guess it was my park shoot I wish I, I was more prepared for. Interesting. Like I said earlier, photos are really important to me, and it seemed like this magical thing. I mean, you're in the park by yourself, and I just, I guess I had a different image in my head of how it would turn out, and I ended up losing my voice the night of the wedding, so by the time we got to our park shoot, I couldn't tell Stephanie, like, this is, I want a picture here, or I want a picture here, because I couldn't talk, and there was... Some something was taping next to the castle. So there was like a section of the castle we couldn't really get pictures in front of. And I hear now, and I'd read it a couple times, but I didn't really know how to go about it, that you could, I guess, send pictures or ideas of what you wanted beforehand. Was I supposed to be sending them to Stephanie? Because I only found out like two weeks before that she was my photographer. Was I supposed to send it to Fine Arts Photography? It There was never an opportunity where it kind of came up. So I guess you know, you get this once in a lifetime opportunity. And I don't really feel like I got exactly really what I wanted out of it. 
but nothing in, in, a, in the horrible or anything like that. Just there's there's a couple more things I wish I could have done during that time, but it it goes so fast and wasn't really ready for it that morning. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, I don't think that that's a standard thing where you can just say, I want this, that, and the other thing, because they do funnel you into one of three routes and you have to kind of stay on those routes. So I don't feel like you missed out too much on what you got. Just sometimes, I guess, you see posts that people are like, oh, this is my favorite picture from my shoot. And you're like, that's gorgeous. And then you get there and either trying to explain exactly what it was you saw or remember exactly all the different things you saw when you're so used to seeing the park full of people, you don't necessarily know how beautiful a lot of the locations can be along the way. Like you've got a route, but there's so many different things that are along it that you might not even think to put in a picture unless you've got that kind of reference. So, I mean, there's, there's pictures I had seen at, at different angles of say the little mermaid. Cause we did route two that by the time you get to the little mermaid after you've done the castle and you've done beauty and the beast and you're like, I don't really remember what it was. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Good tip. Do you have any other tips or advice for future escape brides and grooms? I would say if you're booking anything, because we added our buffet and, and we added our pontoon boats to make sure you, you call beforehand and just double check over everything. Because I know when we did our pontoon boats, I called about two weeks before because they're like, oh, that's the, the cutoff for catering. And we didn't add anything because I'm like, well, we just had a cake cutting. We just had a buffet dinner and you don't need any extra food. They give you treats anyways. But when I called to check, they actually had us booked for the Polynesian. And I was like, whoa, everything's at the Grand Floridian. Um, and in two weeks before, you're freaking out going, how am I getting my people to the Polynesian now? And they had to rearrange it. And I mean, they made it work. And it was the Grand Floridian we went out of. But at that last minute, it, it was such a panic. And like Park Fair, I believe we called about five days before we left to kind of try and make sure that we were in some kind of area together because they can't really guarantee that. Right. But just kind of double checking over those things if they're they're really important because I know Disney's got a lot of other stuff going on and they'll never miss an opportunity to make you happy, but anything can kind of slip up along that way and you don't want it being blindsided the actual day of. And also, if there's something you want, whether it's the Disney wedding itself or even a fine detail that's going to make your wedding magical or special, don't be afraid to tell them. Because I know originally we were supposed to be in, I guess, one of the little salons. And I had gotten in touch with my wedding planner and said, like, is there somewhere with, with open windows or something? Because, you know, I'm coming to Florida and I don't want to be hidden away. And we ended up getting the Whitehall room and it was beautiful. And, and I feel like it, it was a special part of that day was having that for our pictures and stuff, too, during our first dance and our cake cutting then a room that maybe you would have had to worry about decorating when that wasn't something we really wanted to focus on. So they'll take any opportunity, I guess, to try to help you if you're willing to tell them what it is you're after instead of just, it, it, it looks like it's a set block of, you know, this is an escape, this is what you do, check, check, check. But that doesn't mean there's no freedom to still make it extra special because it is the biggest day of your life. Yeah, that's great advice. 
Well, Eden, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I think this has been really helpful for anyone who's interested in planning an escape event at Walt Disney World and possibly adding a fireworks cruise or a meal afterward. So I appreciate your taking the time. Oh, you're welcome. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. <laughs>